It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to Buckeye Breakdown. It's day three of Ohio State's football training camp. We actually had a chance to watch a little bit of action this morning. And so Buckeyes now on Sports Illustrated is going to continue our coverage of the 2021 version of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Alongside Andrew Lind, I'm Brendan Gulick. Andrew, one of uh, one of only a handful of uh, scripted opportunities, I guess, for the media to have just the tiniest little window to, to try and see something, garner something from this team. Um I assume fans know by now that the you know the window is is particularly small. Uh, our chance to see the team in person uh, incorporates basically some stretching and calisthenics, and then today it turned out to be uh, mostly individual drills. We did not see any eleven on elevens, um, so got a little bit of a feel of you know some athletic ability and some speed and some power, but not necessarily you know guys really going at it. And of course, no pads on yet either because it's so early in camp. So. Um, it was certainly fun to be out there this morning, uh, but if if uh, folks are hoping that we're going to come on the air today and tell them who the starting quarterback is going to be, I think that probably should taper some expectations a little bit. Right. If, if we're basing it off of how they best handed the ball off to the running backs, that would be how we would be determining the, the starting quarterback. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those things, like you said, stretching four periods of practice. You know, you can't really gather much, but – well, we were able to gather, though, obviously, C.J. Stroud continues to lead the, the quarterbacks through drills. Mayan Williams is right there alongside, if not in front of, of Master Teague in running back drills as well. And, you know, some of the players stood out today, and, and you know, obviously we'll talk about that. Yeah, and we certainly had uh, up-close and personal looks at uh, the guys in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Offensive linemen and defensive linemen were directly in front of us. A lot of the skill position guys were on the other end of the field, so – uh, we can we can hit on that for sure. Why don't we start with the defensive backs? Because I guess if, if you want to break it up appropriately, today was defensive backs day. We talked to a number of cornerbacks. We talked to uh, the, the defensive coordinator, Kerry Combs, about a unit that certainly is going to be under a lot of scrutiny this year because, um, frankly, they struggled a bit last year. Um, let's start with Coach Combs. I, I don't know if you can ever walk away from a conversation with him feeling poorly he is as energetic and positive um, and and full of life as any coach I've ever been around. And I, I really mean that. He's he's honest. He gives thoughtful answers. Um, he clearly loves the guys he's got in his room. And, and you can tell they feel a certain sense of confidence going into the year. Um, obviously, Seven Banks is the leader of that room, right? Uh, we had a chance to hear from him and a number of his teammates today, but uh, did anything that Coach Combs uh, said stand out to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, what, really with the struggles that they had last year, it's very easy to say, okay, well, it's a new season. You know, we can just move on. It'll be a completely different thing. But he kind of seems to recognize that there was issues last year and that those need fixed. And really it only being his first year back last year, he's still trying to implement new things. He referenced several times his time with uh, the Tennessee Titans. So for him to take those kind of things and apply them, it's not just going to be an overnight thing to where all of a sudden everybody is, 
is you know knowing everything that he knows so like i said it'll it'll take some time but it seems like they're moving that in the right direction and there was one thing in particular that really stood out and he talked about just the depth of the positions uh safety and cornerback and how there are several different type like body types of player at those positions and that'll allow them to kind of maximize each one depending on where they're at on the field one thing he definitely mentioned that stood out to me, um, he talked a bit about Matt Barnes and specifically said, quote, he is a diligent, detailed guy. He's my perfect partner. Those aren't always my strong suits. I'm very excited about the job he's doing. Um, I don't think anybody's shocked to hear uh, that he likes Matt Barnes as much as he does. It certainly sounds like Coach Barnes is pretty highly thought of within uh, within the Buckeye football community. Um, and it's great to know that those two have such a great relationship because uh, I, I think if they put their heads together, both from a strategy and coaching perspective, you know, and a technique perspective, that there is a good chance the Buckeyes could have a much better secondary this year. For sure. And that was one thing last year that seemed to be an issue was with Combs being both the defensive backs coach and the defensive coordinator. It seemed like he wasn't able to roam as much as maybe he wanted to and be as involved with other positions as he wanted to be. So for, for Barnes to come in and kind of take that position and do exactly what Combs, you know, Combs was hoping for, you know, it's kind of one of those things that that allows him, like he said today, it allows him to go and see Larry Johnson and learn from Larry Johnson and go and see Al Washington and see what he's applying and those kind of things. So, you know, that's only going to help the defense as well. Yeah, it was pretty fun listening to his perspective, watching, you know, Larry work with the defensive linemen or, or you know, out working with the linebackers and, um he he conveyed his appreciation for the you know the the joy with which and the intensity with which they coach those positions um you know i think it's one of the best things about this ohio state program is you know these coaches all seem to be pulling the rope in the same direction and you just get the impression that there's a lot of mutual respect there um so not a surprise to see that the buckeyes uh, expect that they're going to have a good defense even if nationally there are some question marks because there are some unknowns there um let's talk about seven banks for a moment because obviously he was somewhat of a fixture last year um in a secondary that needs some leadership quite frankly and he's kind of the voice in the room now it's it's really his chance to be you know cornerback number one on this roster the thing that most impressed me about seven today frankly was his maturity he's really well spoken he's confident um, but you know, his, he, he, I think he just kind of lets his game do the talking. He, he can ball. Yeah. And last year, really, I, I think that he was the number one cornerback. Obviously Sean Wade got a, a lot of the attention because of his decision to return and move from inside to outside corner. But seven was really, you know, the one that was matched up toward the end of the season with the other team's better receivers. So, you know, if he can continue to build upon that, he'll obviously be in contention to be you know, uh, a Jim Thorpe award winner, a uh, first round pick and all that. Um, when it comes to, his, you know, his ability, obviously, like you said, it speaks for itself. Uh, that goes back to when he was in high school. I remember going out to the opening and watching him dominate out there. And he was very vocal, but also backed his play up. So, it, you know, that's kind of one of those things that as he gets more comfortable with, with being the number one cornerback, that's only going to come out. And then that's going to spread to the rest of the defense as well. I would think that his counterpart on the outside is probably going to be Cam Brown as long as Cam continues to, you know, to feel good and practice hard. 
obviously it's been a pretty trying last uh well 12 months for sure but maybe maybe more specifically eight to ten months um since he got hurt and and you know missed the national championship game obviously missed the clemson game as well and uh did not participate in spring ball with an achilles injury that it sounds like he felt he was healthy enough to play in the spring but the coaching staff was just trying to be really gradual with the way they brought him back and involved him so you know talk about a guy who was playing well before his injury and is just flat out hungry and ready to go um, he's got a chance to be a really good cornerback and and play a hugely vital role for this defense yeah and he was talking a lot about how you know the 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 time it took him to get back to full strength and that he's you know fully ready to go kind of made him you know feel a certain way with how the defense struggled last year and I was kind of one of those people who I felt like if he was healthy they would have been much better on defense last year because that would have allowed him to be cornerback number two maybe move Sean back inside and you'll see you would see a little bit more of what we saw in the in 2019 so to have him back that that's only going to help as well and then you know obviously there's there's several players behind him pushing him for for that position which will also make him better you know there's a lot of guys that play a lot of positions and we're not going to be able to talk to every one of them so we certainly didn't get a chance to talk to every single one of the cornerbacks um but did get a good a good mix of them uh the one guy whose name came up several times uh, and probably most prominently from Coach Combs was Court Williams. Obviously, wasn't able to to really you know give the Buckeyes last year what he hoped. Um, that's just kind of the nature of the beast, I guess. When you're working through what he's been through, he is uh, <laughs> he he is clearly a coach's favorite kind of kid. Coach Combs talked at length. First guy in, last guy out, and and that's not an exaggeration. He's constantly in the training room or in the weight room or working on on film study. Get the impression that when he is, you know, feeling a hundred percent ready to go with his body and and fully fully healthy, you know, pull all the reins off. Even if he says, "Coach, I'm good now," uh, get the impression that that this staff and that his teammates really like. Uh, his work ethic again. Talking about Court Williams, perhaps he could be a guy that that uh, makes an impact this year. Yeah, and that was the same conversations that were happening last year as well, going into his his true freshman year. You know, they thought that he was going to come in and make a, a difference opposite of Josh Proctor. You know, as they as they looked into going back to a potential two safety, you know, coverage. Um, you know, it's really not surprising to see that once he's back fully healthy, that he's, you know, making that impact in, in, in the facility and then on the practice field as well. And obviously, you know, much like Cam Brown last year, I think that if he was healthy last year, they, they would have, you know, obviously benefited from that. How about a name in the defensive backfield that um, we haven't talked much about in, <laughs> in this past year about uh, as a defensive back? Demario McCall is just trying to find his way on the field. And again, going back to something Coach Combs said that really jumped out to me, he referred to DeMario as a piece of clay where you really can mold him. He, he said everything that we're telling DeMario to do, he does because he doesn't know any better. He's not reluctant to um, you know, go away from an old habit where maybe some other guys are more challenging to coach because they're used to doing something a certain way. McCall has been really open-minded. 
And Coach Combs said, man, sometimes we turn on the film and we're looking at specific techniques on ways to do things we're teaching. And out of the whole position group, Demario's doing it best. He's pretty point blank and saying he thinks he's going to get on the field this year. Maybe this is where Demario McCall finally makes an impact on the defense. For sure. And listening to Demario talk as well today, you know, him spending the last five years switching back and forth between running back and wide receiver, dealing with an injury that caused a redshirt season. You know, he didn't really have a place in the offense. Like he admits that he understands that. And this this being his last year, he finally has said, you know, just do what you want with me. I'm, I'm here to make the team better. And, and obviously that's paying off for him as a player because the coaches rave about him. But at the same time, it's also going to help the, the defense as well. Because if, if, if he is doing that, then they're going to get somebody who kind of has a chip on his shoulder, who's ready to, to prove him himself and his worth. And, you know, that might pay dividends down the future. Uh, he obviously is uh, hungry to make a big impact. Um, and to your point, it's just been difficult, whether it was running back or receiver or on special teams, kick returns, you know, trying to find ways to get more consistent time. Um, and it just hasn't happened on the offensive side, and, and maybe it will now on the defensive side. Um, but he he was really, really positive and upbeat when he spoke today. Um, and sometimes that's enough to know that you don't have to read too far between the lines to figure out if a guy is uh, happy where he is. So wishing him the best and certainly hoping that, um, you know, this this is a move that brings out the best in him. Um, those were kind of the, the main things I took away from defensive backs Anything else that jumps out to you before we move on to the linemen? Yeah, there's two uh, redshirt freshmen, obviously, and Ryan Watson and Legend Kavatsos. You know, they, we got to speak with them today too, and that kind of just shows, you know, that they're 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 slowly making their way toward having an impact. And obviously, Ryan had had some tremendous plays in the spring game, so it's kind of one of those things like we might end up seeing more cornerbacks than we think. It might, you know, initially start out with with seven and Cam Brown, but eventually I think that they will all have kind of their own little role, you know, depending on where they are on the field. Just, you know, being able to use Ryan's length, for example, or just legend seems to have just a a motor about him as well that you just kind of can't keep those kids off the field. Definitely excited to see how Ryan and legend do. And, um, you know, in the, in the brief time we were able to watch uh, even a, a little bit of practice on that far side of the field there, uh, when the quarterbacks did start to throw it around a little bit in, in some, you know, coverage-type drills. Um, Cam Brown had a couple of pass breakups, and uh, other than that, I think for the most part, uh, a lot of completed passes. So, you know, uh, all in all, I think it's a good day, and obviously it's early in camp. No, None of the coaches at any of the positions are going to sit here and tell you, you know, oh, this is what we're going with game number one because they've still got four weeks to try to figure it out and, and uh, you know, keep battling uh, and, and – motivate guys to try to try to win jobs even if they don't think they're open um let's shift to the offensive line where there are a couple of openings and they certainly aren't a tackle you know with Munford and Petit Frere those are locked down uh you can pretty much write it in black sharpie that Paris Johnson's going to be the right guard uh and so the question remains you know what center and left guard going to look like certainly certainly would imagine that Harry Miller is going to be a starter. I'm not sure that's quite set in stone, but got to think he's the favorite, especially after having played so much last year. Um, There are a couple of other guys in the mix. It kind of looks like Matthew Jones might be the guy at left guard, at least early on in camp. 
Um, Josh Fryer certainly getting some some opportunities. Luke Whipler getting some chances. Uh, I think that offensive line is really trying to build some depth. But those are the names I think are uh, probably on the top of the chart right now. Yeah, I think center is a little more um, like set, set than what we think it is. Um, just because Harry, you know, having the, the whole offseason to, to get down the intricacies of the center position, you know, it's going to be really helpful. Last year, you know, he got a lot of slack because uh, – or a lot of flack, I'm sorry, because he had some, you know, low low snaps um, in the Michigan State game. Um, but, you know, that was more of a, a, a situation where he was coming in that week just moving over from, from left guard. And having to do that in that situation is not very easy. So for him to have a whole offseason to be able to work on that and get, you know, uh, a rapport with the, with the quarterbacks is obviously beneficial. And then, like you had mentioned, I actually think that Josh Fryer is kind of separating himself at that position. I know Matt Jones played well last year in the, in the playoff, um, but Josh just kind of seems to, to have a, a really unique blend of size and strength that maybe uh, Matthew Jones or Luke Whipler don't necessarily have. So it'll be interesting to see that unfold. Well, the good news for the Buckeyes is they have – uh, as they typically do, a huge offensive line uh, and and several guys on that line that are going to be NFL pros that you can tell already have some of those traits. Um, I don't think the Buckeyes are going to have any trouble moving the football this year. You know, there's, there's a question mark right now here on August 6th at who's going to play quarterback. Um, but, man, the rest of the offense, especially with Olave and Wilson and the rest of the super, super talented, albeit, fairly young receiver room. Um, you've got a great tight end in Jeremy Ruckert. You've got depth at running back. I mean, this this feels like a national championship caliber offense if you get the right quarterback who can who can really make this engine go. And by all accounts, the Buckeyes think they're they're going to find the right answer at quarterback. Um, but I think a lot of the attention, in addition to the fact that it's on the secondary, um, it's, it's on the defense in general, but there's going to be a lot of eyeballs at defensive end because Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith are really, really good. And it feels like, especially Harrison with the jump he's taken, uh, it feels like this could be a massive year for both of them. And obviously the Buckeyes lost Tyler Friday. We just found that out you know, within the last few days that he's got an undisclosed injury that's going to keep him out all of camp and what we understand is most of the season. Um, Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimolo Ao are really fun to watch in practice because for being young guys, they're fast, they're physical, they're powerful. Um, they go full speed, even in drills and you just, you can sense there's something a little different about them and you know that they're going to make an impact this year. Haskell Garrett and Jaron Cage certainly look good during their individual drills on the inside. I think this defensive line could take a ton of pressure off of potentially an inexperienced back seven here if they can find ways to disrupt the pass and stop the run pretty consistently. I would agree with that, but I also think that that was something that kind of plagued them last year. There were so many times that the defensive ends would get really close to the quarterback but not be able to take him down. And you particularly saw that in the Indiana game. If you rewatch that, almost every single long touchdown pass that happened was, you know, if the, if the defense, defensive ends, defensive tackles would have gotten there, there wouldn't have been these long plays downfield. And, you know, if they can continue to, to kind of harp on that and be a, a step closer, a step quicker, and especially with, you know, uh, Jack Sawyer and JTT, 
to be able to bring them in and have them contribute right away will be will be a, a big factor. I'm putting you totally on the spot here. Um, if there's a guy that you think is going to win the Blocko jersey this year, I, I sort of have one in my mind. Who do you think That's it might clear. be? It's no doubt. I don't, I don't think there's there's anybody who, you know, you can sit there and you can look back at all he's been through in the last year from, you know, suffering the gunshot wound to then having to battle back and become an All-American, then to, ter- to turn around and instead of going to the NFL like he could have, to come back and embrace everything that Ohio State, you know, is and the brotherhood that the Buckeyes have, you know, he, he really embodies that. So, I mean, it, it shouldn't be long before before that happens. And I really don't think that there's anybody else that, you know, you, you can obviously make a, a case for, for other seniors. Um, you know, Jeremy Ruckert's probably one, Chris Olave, even though I think he's he's happy with the two after he switched from 17. You know, there, there's a number of players who you could say. Marcus Williamson is possibly another one if you wanted to keep it like an Ohio kid like you did with Jonathan Cooper. But, I mean, I, I really think it's Haskell, and I don't think there's another choice. Well, uh, I don't want to repeat exactly what you just said, but you literally took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I'll be interested to see when they make that announcement, uh, and that's great uh, being on the same wavelength because we didn't talk about this ahead of time. I swear, yeah. uh, and that's exactly who I was uh, who I was thinking about too. He, he's it, obviously got a great story. He's been impressive so far. It's always cool to see a, a defensive lineman. In a single digit, sure. zero isn't a single digit, but a single numeral on the jersey of a big guy wearing that is it's always kind of cool. Yeah, no doubt. Any other thoughts about uh, the way the day unfolded or, or things you heard that you thought were relevant? Other than that, it's just nice to you know be back to kind of a normal situation. I know the 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 interviews aren't completely normal because we you know have to be separated a little bit more than what we normally would be, but it's just nice to to feel that sense of normalcy and, and knowing football is right around the corner. That's uh, you, you kind of sense that within the building, within the team as well, that, you know, even though things aren't perfect yet and who knows when they're going to actually get back to, you know, what they might've been in, in 2018 and in 2019 um, there is definitely a sense of, okay, this feels a heck of a lot more like it used to um, and, and a lot less stressful than this time a year a year ago so yeah i uh i concur it was it was a good day at practice a good morning um again day three of of training camp the buckeyes are preparing uh for the minnesota golden gophers when uh they'll take the field now in in less than four weeks the first game is four weeks from yesterday and uh, ohio state still has some questions to answer but uh they they certainly are are making some progress and i think the secondary, while it's going to have a lot of time and attention placed on it this year, uh, I think we're going to see some better results from Ohio State's uh, uh, group that likes to call themselves the best in America. And they've got some work to do to sort of retain that national uh, impression after a tough 2020. But Seven Banks said it best. That was last year. And they're not really worried about it or focused on it. They're, uh, they're trying to figure out how to be best they can this year. For Andrew Lind, I'm Brendan Gulick. That was an update from day three down at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Thanks for joining us on Buckeye Breakdown. We'll have more continuing coverage regularly every day over on BuckeyesNow.com. You can find us on our social media channels as well or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Cheers.